Welcome to Into the Blue, a weekly look behind the scenes of the Tampa Bay Lightning with reporters Gabby Shirley and Chris Cran. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Into the Blue. Gabby Shirley here alongside Chris Cren. We are recording this podcast from Tampa. We are in the building waiting for the game between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. This is when we are recording this podcast on Sunday, New Year's Eve. It will be released on the following, the upcoming Tuesday. Uh, but Chris, thank you so much for joining me. He is battling, guys. He is under the weather like I feel everyone else is. But he is here. How are you here. doing over there? Great. I was hoping I would avoid getting sick. I thought I was going to get through it, but it got me. So we're battling right now, but I can't miss into the blue. So happy to be here. And I'm just shocked that episode 13 already. I wonder like when I've lost track of the counting. So I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, I got it. This is how I uh, keep track of our little rundowns. Mm -hmm. But yeah, episode 13, it's wild. All right, Chris, we got to just start with Christmas. How was yours and New Year's Eve plans? Considering today when we are (laughs) recording this, it is New Year's Eve. It is. My Christmas was amazing. It was great. Whole family spent time together. Um, got to watch all my nieces and nephews open gifts, like I said, for five hours. So um, <laughs> it was great. Just awesome being around family and having a couple of days off was really nice. Um, but nothing really too exciting or crazy happened. It was just an awesome time with family, good food. And and it's always fun just, just being around your family members and, and the young kids in my family. It's always a good time. So New Year's Eve, we're going to be here. We're going to get out late. We'll see if I can make it to a New Year's Eve party, but not sure. We'll see how I'm feeling after this game ends. But how was your Christmas? And what are your New Year's Eve plans? It was the best. I meant I mentioned, I already can't talk today, guys. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I mentioned in our previous episode that my brothers went to DC. They went to the game and then they drove me home to Philly. So I was there. We did Christmas Eve at my cousin's house with my dad's side of the family. And then my mom typically hosts Christmas Day with her side of the family. And that is exactly what happened. It was magical. Chris, there are no little kids in my immediate family. I'm the oldest. I don't have any kids. So we, myself, my two younger brothers, and now my husband are still the children. There was a pile of presents for each of us on Christmas morning. Santa is out of control. Santa balled out. And I love it. Santa balled out, as usual. Yeah, Gabby was telling me the gift she got, I think, two days ago. You got some good stuff. So Santa did a great job for you. That's a a good thing, though, that there's no little kids around, because then you get to reap the... Reap the benefits of, of all those gifts. So I know. And I know Christmas is not all about the gifts, but I feel that it's part of it. And I just love them. I love receiving them. I love giving them. I love wrapping them. I'm all about it. You get to do both of those things tonight. We have our Secret Santa. We do. We have a staff Secret Santa. But guys, as you may or may not have guessed, this is how I roll. We are on the second half of a back to back. I woke up this morning super late rushed to get to the rink for the optional come to the rink at 10.30. John Cooper spoke. I grabbed my secret Santa present, which I did have. It wasn't wrapped. So I grabbed it. I grabbed lots of gift bags, tissue paper, tape, scissors, wrapping paper, ribbon, and had to bring it all to the wow. arena. <laughs> well, did you end up wrapping anything? Yeah, I wrapped it already. Oh my gosh. Wow. Good for you. Good but job. But I had to do it here. <laughs> I wrapped mine today too, so... No harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah, but at least you did yours at home like a normal person. Yeah, but I did mine today too, so I was right there with you. But moving on to hockey, the Lightning 
Final games of 2023, 3-2 loss to the Panthers at home, a 5-1 loss to the Rangers at home. You guys will know what happened in the Canadians game once you're listening to this on Tuesday, but um, a little bit of a tough stretch for the Lightning coming back from the holiday break. It really is, Chris, and I'm a little frustrated on their behalf. They haven't been using that word. I think they're trying to fend that off and just really focus on what they can control, what they need to fix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But according to John Cooper, he's saying he sees a lot of positives in their game and he doesn't think the results are really reflective of their overall play. And uh, hopefully the Lightning can just find a way to flip the score at the end of the game. Well, they were playing well at the end of, or going into the holiday break. And then, you know, the game coming back from the holiday break, like a lot of people across the hockey world kind of often refer to that game as a wash. Like it's just, it's hard coming back from the break. Like I'm sure everyone was eating a lot of food and enjoying their family time. So, um, but I didn't think the lightning really played poorly against the Panthers. It was just the Panthers played a really good game defensively. They didn't give the lightning much, kept them out of the middle of the ice. Um, but I didn't think the lightning played poorly defensively. So you know, it stinks to lose that game coming back, especially against, I think Cooper seemed like he was disappointed that they didn't have as much energy in the first and second periods. Yes, against emotion. Yeah, against a cross-state rival. It's a game that, you know, I said before the game, I thought that despite coming back from the holiday break, you're playing the Panthers, so this should be an easy game to get up for. They're always intense games, but the Lightning just didn't really have it those first two periods. They turned it on in the third a little bit, but this is something we've kind of seen over the past few games now is them maybe not playing their best over the first 40 minutes and then turning it on late and it's kind of just too little too late. I think that you just summed it up perfectly. I still don't ever think that this team is out of a game, Mm -hmm. but yes, sometimes it's just too little too late. They push at the very end. It's very exciting for the last 20 minutes, but when you dig yourselves into that hole, when you're trailing, it's really tough to pull yourself out of it. 20 minutes isn't enough time sometimes. It's not, especially the way teams can play team defense now. It's it's really hard to score when when the other team has a lead, especially a multi-goal lead to come back and win. It's it's pretty unlikely in the NHL going into the third. But I mean we kind of saw in the Rangers game too. Like they they started to turn their game on a little bit towards the end of the game, and it was again just too little too late. And the Rangers game, actually, that was kind of the one where I think Coop was happy with with the way they played for the most part. They outchanced the Rangers by a lot, had way more shot attempts, as he mentioned, after the game. Um, so I thought they actually played a, a pretty good game. It was just, you know, I, I don't think it was Vassy's best game. He'd probably, mistakes, yeah, too, in front yeah. of him. So, I mean, he'd probably be the first one to admit it wasn't his best game, but you're right. There were, again, turnovers and, and mistakes, odd man rushes, um, and it just seemed like, you know, kind of like we saw at the beginning of the season, every time the Lightning gave up a quality scoring chance, it ended up in the back of their net. So um, that was a little bit of a disappointing game for me because that felt like a real measuring stick game. You got the first game of the break out of the way, and, you know, with the way they've struggled on the road at times, they need to win on home ice, and they've talked about that. So the game against the Canadians on New Year's Eve is a big one, and hopefully they were able to get a win in that game. But, you know, I do think overall their game is is trending in the right direction. It was especially before the break. So I'll be interested to see how they play against the Canadians. I'm excited for that game. New Year's Eve, the Lightning, and the Montreal Canadiens. Again, when this episode comes out, you will know the final score there. Hopefully the Tampa Bay Lightning get the W. Okay, Chris, let's move on to the first three games of the new year, 2024. The Lightning will start 2024 on a three-game road trip. Winnipeg, Minnesota, Boston, three tough teams. This is a tough road trip (laughs) and a weird road trip, too, going from Winnipeg to Minnesota to Boston. I don't, that doesn't seem like the normal kind of path that they would take on the road, but 
Winnipeg, to me, like, this is a team that people aren't talking about enough. They have good forwards, really underrated decor, and they have the goalie. That's a, a top team in the NHL right now in my eyes, so that's going to be a tough matchup. Minnesota, the following game, that building has been a house of horrors for the Lightning mm. in the past. We saw it last year when, remember the game Vassy got sick? sick? Yeah, and then that game went a horrendously. and switch at goalie. But they have not, they have not played well in that building over the past several years. And Minnesota did not have the start that they wanted, made a coaching change. Since they made the coaching change, they've been putting together some wins and, and playing pretty well. So, you know, that's going to be another tough game. And then finish it off against Boston in Boston. Tough place to play. Really good team. Always an entertaining game um, when, when the Lightning play them. But last game of the road trip, you know, coming all the way from, from Winnipeg to Minnesota to there, that's going to be a tough game. Um, so, that's a really big road trip, especially, you know, with the way the lighting we've talked numerous times about how they need to win on the road. Um, those three games are, are going to be big, especially with the way, you know, they drop the game to Florida, then to New York. They need to start getting some points here. And I think a win against the Canadians here at home before that road trip starts will really benefit this team. Again, they haven't been using the word frustration and they're seemingly staying positive but I think that that will just help overall morale, confidence moving forward. 100%. I mean, they need to, like, they can't lose three games in a row on home ice. Hopefully they didn't lose the game to the Canadians and you guys are <laughs> listening to this, but they need to win at home. They're so good at home and the way they've struggled on the road. I, I feel like I've said this a million times, but they need to win at home. And to be honest, Montreal is a team that they should beat. And I imagine they would be pretty motivated going into that game the way the last two went. So Montreal, I believe, played the night before as well. I they think did. they played the Panthers. So back to back, it doesn't really matter. It's the same for both teams. Mm -hmm. um, so should be a good game. Hopefully the Lightning ended 2023 with a win. Injury updates, Christopher. Mikhail Sergachev, prior to the game against the Canadians, he had missed four games. They say he is day-to-day -day with that lower body injury he sustained in the first period against the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Again, we do not know if he will play against the Canadians. I don't know if it's likely just because uh, last time we saw him, right? I don't know if it was mm -hmm. a it was practice. A practice the day before the Rangers game, I believe. And he didn't look great. He didn't look comfortable out there. No, he didn't. He, I mean, he's skating. He's wearing. He's not wearing a no-contact jersey. He's doing drills. Um, but you're right. He looked, particularly towards the end of practice, we saw kind of one drill um, – and you could just tell he's in some pain and, mm -hmm. and a little bit uncomfortable. So the Lightning dodged a bullet with this hopefully not being a major long-term injury, um, which I think if he's skating already, it's not. But they have to be careful. Like, you don't want to rush him back and, and risk that injury being worse. So it's too bad that he hasn't been able to return yet. Um, but you can tell he's just, you know, watching him at that practice, he was not as comfortable as, as he would like to be, I think, playing. So... Um, hopefully not too much longer for him. And, and then we have another injury that popped up with Sherry. Um, we saw in the Ranger game, went into the boards pretty hard with Truba, threw a hit, hurt his finger. Um, and then it looked like a, a similar kind of play uh, in the defensive zone, kind of went in for a hit or maybe got hit and just looked really uncomfortable right away after that happened. So curious to see what his diagnosis is. It's tough for him. Like he had that injury earlier in the season and missed so much time. So hopefully he's not going to be um, out for too long for the Lightning. A positive sign, Chris. It was an optional come to the rink on Sunday before the Canadians game. He was out there on the ice. Okay, good. Normal color jersey seemed to be okay. Again, obviously a, a finger injury wouldn't affect his skating abilities. Okay. Um, 
but I think he was out there testing it out and will likely be a game time decision. He was putting together some points too um, since he's been back. He's he's had quite a few assists since he's come back, and you know we talked about it as his return was kind of nearing. This is a guy that the Lightning signed to, I believe, a three year deal in the off season, and you know he's kind of one of those mid mid range, uh, like you know second third line guys can play on the top line um, that the Lightning will be relying on for secondary scoring. To be honest, as the year goes along, and that's something that they've struggled with at times this year is getting some of that secondary scoring. He could be a big piece in that. So. Him skating, that's that has to be a good sign, and hopefully he's not out for too long. Wow, we're just ripping through we these. We are, today. we really are. Shall we go to the blue line segment? Uh, we might as well. I mean, we're right on time. This is like probably the most on schedule we've been in <laughs> several weeks recording this. So we're excited to get to uh, game time, guys. Can you tell? Um, okay, blue line segment. I'm going to remind you. Um, the phone number, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, 813-301-6749. Call us. We would love to hear your questions. We have some taken from X. And the first one is from Justin. Justin, we have fielded similar questions over the past couple weeks, I think, Chris. But Justin's question is, in your estimation, to what extent are the defensive issues correctable? We've talked about... The Lightning defense, we've talked about them making some changes the beginning of this season, how they're doing with those changes, and I don't know, Chris, if you just want to take <laughs> the game from last night, the 5-1 loss to the Rangers, right? It sounds like, oh my gosh, the defense is terrible, they let up five goals, but I think it just comes down to some costly mistakes. Yeah, and that's you heard Cooper mention that after the game, too. It's not, again, like they had... I think double the shot attempts that the Rangers had. They really outplayed them for the most part. But the thing that has continued to plague this team throughout the season, the defensive zone, is the turnovers. And I think everyone knows that. It's, you know, I've really liked what Hayden Fleury has been able to do when he stepped in. We've seen a lot of him getting the puck in the D zone. We've talked about this is he gets the puck, and if there's nothing there, he just flips it up and into the neutral zone and gets it out of trouble, and that's it. He's not trying to make the perfect play, a risky play. He just gets it out that way. And we saw it against the Ranger game, and it, actually resulted in a really good scoring chance for the Lightning. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been an issue all season. And look, I mean, across the NHL, this is an issue for every single team. Like, you're going to turn the puck over in your own zone. Um, Teams forecheck hard, and and they're trying to generate those turnovers. So the thing for the Lightning is they need to eliminate some of those really egregious turnovers that are are resulting in grade A scoring chances. We saw that a lot at the beginning of the year. It's it's toned down a little bit, but we're seeing it creep in a little bit more. And then the odd man rushes. I mean, you can't give up odd man rushes. That was a kind of a point of emphasis for a few weeks during the season. And I thought during that time, they were doing a really nice job of keeping everything to the outside and not allowing teams to get these rushes. Um, so it's, to be honest, like you said, like I don't think the defensive zone is as bad as some people are making it out to be I online. Agree. Um, it's just the turnovers in their own end have been really bad. But in terms of actually defending in their own zone, it's been pretty good, to be honest. Like, they've given up the rushes, that's an issue, and they've turned the puck over, and that's an issue. But they still have done a fairly good job keeping shots to the outside, not letting those guys get wide open in front of the net. We've seen it, you know, a few times. But I think throughout the year it's gotten better. It just it, it doesn't quite look like that team that we know from the past that, can go multiple games in a row giving up, you know, three or less, which Cooper's really looking for. It's the costly turnovers. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a huge issue when it seems that every single one ends up in the back of our net, but yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just players are too good in the NHL to be giving those up. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people are, were, I think complaining a little bit about Vasilevsky after the Rangers game and saying, can you, you know, I saw some people saying lightning need a timely save. And I'm like, well, did you forget the breakaway chance that the Rangers had? I think it was Kreider, maybe big backhand save. So Vassy, I mean, pretty much every game is making a huge time. We save at least one. So the lightning have to do a little bit of a better job in front of him. He's not going to be Superman every single game. Like yeah. it is, that, that's just not possible. So it needs to get better in the D zone. Um, you know, it's just funny. Like, they go on that three-game win streak before um, the Christmas break, and everything's looking up. The team's trending the right way, and everyone's positive. And then, you know, they lose two in a row, and, and the sky is falling for everyone. So that's sports. Um, we're watching the Bucks lose 20 to nothing to the Saints right now, and my <laughs> sky is falling. So uh, it's just how it goes. Like, you get one win, and it changes. So I do think overall, you know, from even the first, like, you could look at their game two months into the season – they're a lot better than they were at that point. So still needs to be better though. They need to string together some wins. Shall I ask the next one? Did you have anything left on the D zone? No, let's move on. All right. Yeah, let's move on. I like this question. I like this question too. Great question from Brandy. And this is another thing that I think people talk about a lot online after, particularly after losses. Uh, The question is coach Coop doesn't show as much anger or disappointment in his pressers. Is it possible behind the scenes or in the locker room? It's a different story. He's so very passive. I can't imagine him flipping a table of water, for example. <laughs> I can't imagine that either, Brandy. Well, I don't think there's a there's a table of water in the locker room, so that's not <laughs> it's not possible. But I mean, if it was, I don't, I'm not sure if he'd be a water water table flipper or not. But <laughs> you can go first. I just went on a long rant for the D zone, so. Uh, yeah, we'll if the there was answer. a table of water, Chris, I don't think he would flip it. Um, <laughs> I guess. And honestly, Brandy, I'm still trying to figure him out, to read between the lines, if you will. But perhaps many people know John Cooper's background a bit, that he was a lawyer. So I personally feel that, and not in a dishonest way, but I feel that he is calculated in what he says every time he speaks. So... Uh, what am I trying to say here? I, I I think he comes to the microphone and knows where he's going to go. And oftentimes I feel, and this is a little bit of a blanket statement and might not always be true, but I feel that after a win, a huge win, or just a regular old win, he's pretty low key, almost as if the team lost. And I feel that that's almost to keep his guys like, okay, we got two points, but it's just two points. Like, don't get too high. Let's keep rolling in this direction. And after a loss, whether it's a terrible loss or just a regular old loss, he's kind of positive. Okay, it's just one game. No big deal. We'll get him next time. Um, again, I don't know if that's totally accurate. That's how I've been feeling specifically this season, just trying to pay more attention to how he carries himself. Um, I would also say you asking, is, is it a possible um, his demeanor is a little bit different behind the scenes. Absolutely. But I would expect any hard conversation, any really tough things that he's saying to his team, he would want that to stay within the locker room. So I don't blame him for perhaps taking a different approach to the general media. Extremely well said. 
Thank very you, well said. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. We've talked about this a lot. I'm not sure on this podcast, but we have noticed that, as you said, like Lightning, if they win seven to one, Coop, his post game presser, he's usually not in the best mood. And if they <laughs> lose like seven to one, he's he's fine. And he's almost in a better mood than if they have a big win. So it is, it's all calculated. Like we've seen this a lot in the postseason, especially in some of those series against Toronto. You know, him and Keith kind of going back and forth with some of their comments at the podium. It's, I think it ramps up more during the postseason, but. As you said, like everything he does in terms of the media, I think for the most part is is pretty calculated from him. I could tell you for a fact, like behind the scenes in the locker room, I'm sure he's an entirely different person than he is in front of the media. Because look, guys, like I know everyone wants the coach to go up there and say everything they're thinking and be completely honest, but you have to put yourself in his shoes. How does it benefit his team or him if he does that? It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Like there, there's conversations that are had behind closed doors and within the locker room um, that just wouldn't be any benefit to come out and say publicly. Um, so I know people sometimes really want him to show more emotion and say the team played like crap and we weren't good enough at all. And this guy didn't play well. That guy didn't play well. It's never been his style. Like he's, he's just not going to do that. It's clear that that's not his philosophy. Um, so, you know, there's just... I think that's the main thing to remember is that when he gets in front of the mic and players as well, like there's certain things that if you say them, it, it doesn't benefit you at all. And and a lot of those things are things that fans want to hear. So um, I think he's, he's a great quote and, and he gives very genuine answers and, and is good at explaining things. Um, but at the same time, like there's a lot of things that are said in the locker room and I'm sure a lot of emotion shown in the locker room too, that just isn't really appropriate for, when you're in front of a mic. 100%. And honestly, Chris, I really enjoy John Cooper press conferences. I do tend to believe everything he says. Um, I don't think, again, that he's intentionally trying to be misleading. Um, But I also weirdly appreciate and or respect I feel like it'd be easy, Chris, for him to come up and just let it all hang out and say exactly. But he comes up there, he's doing so much, and he comes up to a press conference, has a plan, gets his point across. Uh, yeah, I I think it's great. I really do. I mean, and there's been games where, where he's been, you know, emotional games that we've seen a little bit more of that blunt honesty. But it's it for the most part, I would say 98% of the time he's – going in there with, with some kind of intention mm-hmm. um, with his answers. So it is what it is. I think I, I have seen that a lot, though, from fans this year kind of complaining that he's too nonchalant and he's not on the players enough. And it's I just think that's silly. Like he's he's, you know, the longest tenured coach in the NHL, one of the most successful in NHL history already. Um, so it, it's just speculation by people saying he's not hard enough on the guys. I can assure you he's he's hard enough on the guys. All right. Plus minus segment. Is it time? It is time, Ooh. I believe. I'm first? You're sure. first. You're first. I'm, I'm first? You're okay. First. Well, of course, I am bringing it back to the holidays, Chris. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Maybe you're sick of me talking about Christmas with the fam, but I believe that was my plus last week. And this week, I'm just adding to that. Um, I don't know if you can say it's a new tradition uh, because it's just one year in the making here, but 
Um, for my family and perhaps for many other families, it's a little bit hectic around the holidays because you're trying to see everyone you can. Um, and after going to my cousin's house on New Year's Eve, my brothers and I decided that we were going to do, very creative title for this, eggnog and fire. Which meant when we got home, even though everyone, I was still wrapping gifts because I mailed them all to my house. Um, everyone was tired. I feel like my mom had to prep for the next day. But everyone had some eggnog and a little glass. Can't have too much, although I love eggnog. And we sat by a real fire. I can't remember the last time I've enjoyed a real fire living in Tampa. Yeah, that's not something you do very often in Tampa <laughs> at all. That is one thing I miss about living up north, a nice fire when it's cold out. I've never had eggnog. Oh, yeah. I was ready to debate this because yeah. I feel like people have strong opinions. Either they love it or they hate it. I love it. That's why I haven't had it because I just feel that so many people hate it that I'm not really willing to to give it a chance. I so. wish you were my secret Santa. I would walk to oh. Greenwise right now and get you a carton of eggnog. How would you describe the taste of eggnog? Um, That's really tough. That's a tough one. Like, Is it like milk? It's, I would say no, but the consistency is also like... Uh, not as thick of as a milkshake, but like almost. It's thicker, yeah, it's than like thick. milk. Yeah, I've I've noticed that. So yeah. again, it's not something you're downing by the pint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm talking a very small, like mm. bigger than a shot, but like small. Well, there's always next year. I, I might have to go to Greenwise. We'll see if I have time. Um, but yeah, eggnog and fire. That was my plus. A new quote unquote tradition in the Shirley family. Mom, dad, my husband, my two brothers gathered around the fire. With That's eggnog. awesome. Nice tradition great. is born. That's great. My plus for the week is hockey related. It's Isaac Howard. Whoa. Uh, Lightning's first round pick from two years ago, I believe. Uh, he's playing for Team USA at the World Junior Championship right now in Sweden, and he's off to a fantastic start. He scored a goal in each of their preliminary round games. Their final preliminary round game, he scored two goals. Uh, he's tied for the second most goals in the tournament right now as of Sunday afternoon, so we'll see if that changes. But, um, you know, he wasn't on the team last year, and he got invited to camp, didn't make the team. Um, I believe he got invited to camp, pretty sure. But either way, he wasn't on the team. Um, he transferred schools uh over the summer i believe and um he's having a great tournament like he's playing on their second line for the most part again tied for second in goals in the whole tournament for people who don't know i'm sure most people do but this tournament is happens every year around christmas time it's an under 20 international tournament so uh it's all these countries you know they bring their best under 20 players and it's for the most part players that have been drafted to nhl teams uh, except for you know some of the smaller countries that you know they'll have guys on their team that probably won't get drafted um, but there's a ton of talent. So it's a really fun tournament to watch. It's on NHL Network. You see a ton of these prospects, as I mentioned, that, you know, the best players in the NHL, pretty much all of them have played in this tournament at one point or another. So I would highly recommend watching it. The quarterfinals start on Tuesday when this, the day this podcast comes out. Um, and Team USA has been playing really well. And Isaac Howard's on the team. So a reason to watch. And um, good for him. He's, he's having a great tournament. Um, had the shootout winner. In one of their games and had a nice celly after i'm not sure if you saw that but um he, he's it's good to see him playing well because you know he kind of had not, not an off year last year in college hockey but um you know he's playing great at michigan state right now and and performing really well for team usa at a tournament i really enjoy watching so he's my plus this week i'm shocked that he's your plus considering the buccaneers just score a touchdown and you're not <laughs> screaming cheering oh, they're looking like a seat. minus right now <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, this is ugly. Ugly game in Tampa today. That was a good plus, though. 
Thank you. Yeah, he's been playing well. Minus? The minus. This minus really had me all jazzed. Oh, is this the one and you wanted to tell me yeah, about? Yeah, I kept wanting to tell yeah. Chris my minus. I kept wanting to tell everyone my minus and had to keep it a secret just for this podcast. You're hearing it for the first time here. Okay, Chris, my minus is, and again, I uh, don't know what this says about me, but perhaps everyone's caught on that I'm a little bit kooky and or like paranoid when a game is going on, a Tampa Bay Lightning game, because I don't want to miss anything. All right, so this took place the other day. Game happening, Chris. When I am working a game, I, believe it or not, guys, I'm not watching it live. I like to be back right by the locker room to get players when they come off the ice for those intermission interviews. I don't trust myself to be where I need to be on time, so I'm literally you know, paces away. Smart. Um, so I sit in this room here at Amelie Arena, and there's a TV in there, table, chair. It's great. It's a little bit warmer than being right on the glass. Um, and the TV is live too, right? Like yes. it's actually there's no live, delay. No delay. Yeah. yeah. So that's really nice. Um, and I believe it was the first period. And there's a couple uh, coworkers, if you will, that help out, have their own um, respective roles that are in that room with me we all just do our thing um my one coworker loves to make the announcement to be quiet because gabby is working because i again i'm kind of paranoid and really like to lock in and we're watching this game and i keep hearing this bird sound <laughs> i am losing my mind because it is so loud and i'm thinking i need to go into the hallway and like look for the bird, bird. that's trapped in the tunnels like i was getting concerned it was really throwing me off, Chris. I'm looking for the bird. But again, trying to focus. So at some point, I'm like, oh my God, guys, does anyone else hear this? Like, <laughs> what? Do we need to go capture this bird? Like, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. A gentleman, I didn't know him. He was new to the room. Mm. And again, how many games are we in? I don't know where he came from. New to the room. Says, oh yeah, it's a loon. I'm like, huh? He's like, it's a loon. <laughs> Loon? What? Looney? Looney Tune? What are you talking I've, about? I know what a loon is. Yeah. Okay. So loon is a water bird, according to my Google search. Well, this guy has a loon text tone for I his cell it. phone. I knew it. I knew it was a <laughs> ringtone. Oh my. And he goes on to explain that he's an outdoorsman <laughs> and it's a loon. I don't know if he said some other facts because at this point I'm just trying to tune him out like <laughs> and or I gave him a look like that he should understand just silence the loon. Well, Chris, you know, I go back to watching the game. The loon is going off. Oh. It is nonstop. I am also the person that has my phone on silent all the time. If you called me right now, I'm looking at my phone because there's a timer on it. If you called me right now, I'm not going to answer. It's always on silent. I'll eventually get back to you. I know this person did not need to be responding to these text messages right away. Popular it was guy, not too. not for his job. He just wanted everyone to hear the loon oh text tune yeah. and it was driving me nuts. So the minus is people who have their phone on loud at all times or yeah. just this guy. And when it's a loon, I feel like yeah. I might've been able You're to overlook it if it's that normal, the normal text sound that everyone has that I don't even, doesn't even register in my mm -hmm. brain, you know? That's true. Yeah. That, that noise just like goes in one ear and out the other because <laughs> you're so used to hearing it. But he had a loon. Have some awareness. Like, <laughs> come on. That's ridiculous. Um, do you have any custom ringtone on your phone that you use for your texts or calls or anything? No, I don't. No. Do yeah. you? I have a custom, like, phone call oh, one. I have the, the same ringtone that Tony Soprano had in The Sopranos, but 
It's just a great ringtone. It's dun, 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 dun. it's literally just a basic like old cell phone ringtone. But that's the only one. I don't have like a I don't have any uh, animal noise for my text messages, and I keep my phone on silent like you do. So Thank unless you. the only time I have my phone on loud is when I'm sleeping and it's in do not disturb mode. But I get paranoid about my alarm, so that's it. I have it on loud if like I'm expecting some sort of mm-hmm. call or like that I need to answer. But otherwise. Silent. Yeah, no, in that situation too. Like (sighs) brutal. That that reminds me of my uh my minus maybe in episode one or episode two when people talking on speakerphone in public (laughs) or playing music out of their phone in public. It's brutal. So actually my my minus kind of relates in an odd way. Um my minus is people who rev their car engine like they're really loud cars in parking garages <laughs> because there's people that do that in the channel side garage after games like there's like hardly any cars left. I mean there's a ton of cars in there always but you know it's emptier than usual and there's some there's it just seems like there's always some guy that gets in his sports car that has it all souped up and feels the need to rev his extremely loud engine in the parking garage has anyone ever heard that noise and been like wow that guy is so cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, never. It's so it's like, I don't understand why people do it. So if what's it's just the point? For your own satisfaction. Um, and, and again, like same thing, people who like blare their music with their windows down in their car in a parking garage. Like, what are we doing? And it echoes throughout the whole garage. Well, I was going to say, that's what makes it worse, Chris, that the sound is amplified. Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, that... I've gotten like, I've had the jumps a few times from those uh, car <laughs> engines going late at night. I'm just tired, ready to go home and not have McDonald's and just hear that car engine jumping out of my skin. So, hey, I think our listeners are dying to know. Are you still clean? I'm clean. Clean. No McDonald's post game. I did have McDonald's the other night. Um, not a. <laughs> not post game, though. Not post game. I had the best Eminem McFlurry I've ever had in my life. I'm a recent convert um, from Oreo to. To, yeah, uh, M&M's is bad because they're so cold. I feel like you're going to break your teeth. I kind of like it, though. I like what? chocolate, so I don't yeah, know. but it's cold chocolate. That stinks. Oreo, you always kind of get, they always skimp you a little bit. Don't get that much. I, I swear to God, this McFlurry had to have like three pounds of M&M's in it. It was insane. A whole mountain of M&M's. It was actually too much, to be honest. It was very sweet, but <sighs> that was really good. So not, you know, I'm not off McDonald's entirely, but I'm clean in terms of post-game trips, so. We're holding on strong. I have two things I need to add here. Um, One, when did you go to McDonald's? Because I thought they shut down the McFlurry machine like at a certain point because I've definitely tried to go late night and no go. It was that night I was hanging out with my friend and he thought the same exact thing. And I pulled up the app. It was available and that was it. So I, I thought the same thing too. Like I thought at a certain hour they would turn They're it off. They're just but. trying to r- pull you back in for post game meals. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! If I was adding a McFlurry to that post game order, I might not wake up the following morning. <laughs> um, the next thing I want to share, Chris, it just reminds me because you're talking about the Oreo McFlurry. Um, there was a kids' day um, this week, and some players had to answer some kids' questions. Uh, favorite food, I think, came up. Darren Radish said ice cream then it was what's your favorite flavor that trickled down to the other players both darren radish and victor hedman said cookies and cream is their Ooh. favorite ice cream flavor and i 100 percent, 1000 percent agree oh my gosh it is delicious it's good you're the ice cream expert so i need to know your favorite flavor oh man this is really tough one. i only one 
to be honest, like my go-to no that I usually get is half-baked uh, Ben and Jerry's. I really like half-baked. It's very good. Which does, oh, that is brownies and cookie dough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. vanilla and chocolate ice cream. I also really liked, they don't make it anymore. It was a limited time one, but Ben and Jerry's had um, one where it had potato chips in it. Oh, which my Which sounds crazy, gosh. but it was like the best thing I ever had. Neapolitan ice cream is always a good choice, in my opinion, because I like strawberry ice cream. Oh, yeah. Moose tracks. I was having this conversation the other night, randomly. Ice cream flavors, moose tracks I like. Chocolate <laughs> almond I really like. So I'm more of a chocolate guy. Like, you know, cookies and creams, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I like vanilla. Yeah, that's fair. To each their own. It's good. Not mm. the best ever, though. Mm. All right, moving on. Let that me read great. this disclaimer, shall I? Oh, you shall. You know all the details of this uh, question corner segment, so I'm going to kind of let you take the reins on this one following the disclaimer. Okay. Each Tuesday morning, as the Into the Blue podcast drops, we are giving you a chance to win an autographed puck from a Lightning player. In the show, we will give you a question that we asked a player, and you have until Sunday night to get your guess in as to what their answer was by responding to our post on X from at Bolts Radio or emailing boltsintothebluu at gmail.com. We'll pick one winner at random from all correct entries. No purchase or payment necessary. Restrictions apply. Visit tampabaylightning.com forward slash into the blue for full rules, prize description, odds, and other info. Void where prohibited. That was the best one we've had yet. Great job. (laughs) All right. There's a lot going on here in the question corner, Chris, because we've been recording the episodes prior to the deadline for answers. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So the... Eric Chernak dream car question. The answer, we already revealed it. How do I say that car? You got it. <laughs> La Ferrari? Something like that. Sounds right. It's one word. Um, there was no winner. No one guessed that car. That's fine. I would have never guessed that car. I didn't even know that car existed. Okay. The next old question is what is Hayden Flurry's standard New Year's resolution from when he was younger? We will reveal that answer, considering it is New Year's Eve, right now. Always get better grades in school. Now it's always to stop drinking as much pop as I do. Uh, and usually I get better and then it's hard on the plane. And the winner, keep guessing. No, wait. Yeah, keep guessing. Because this is being, oh my. <laughs> the Bucks just actually had a chance to get back in the game and they fumbled it away. Oh, he might have been down. Oh no, he wasn't down. Anyway, sorry. We, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon and everyone has until Sunday night to get their answers in. So by the time you guys hear this, we will have hopefully picked a winner. Um, but we can't announce the winner just quite yet. Exactly. Okay. Now there is a new question. <clears throat> and this one is appropriate because considering this is the second half of a back-to-back, although it hasn't been confirmed by head coach John Cooper, uh, we believe that Jonas Johansson will be in net tonight. So the question pertains to him. If Jonas Johansson could travel anywhere in the world, where would he go? Where would you go? Uh, this is a tough question right off the hop. This is so hard. Uh, generally speaking, Chris, I just want to go somewhere I haven't gone before because there's so many places to see. I'm not big on this is my favorite country, so I'm going back there. I want to go to a new spot, but 
if we're just, you know, an average weekend away from Tampa, my family has a beach house in Margate City, New Jersey. Mm. And Jersey it Shore? Is my favorite place. Yeah, but it's South Jersey. It's not that kind of Jersey Shore. Mm, I'm not familiar with, with anything Jersey. Try to keep that out of my life as much as possible. Okay. Anyways, where would you go? We got to wrap this thing up. Mm, Swiss Alps. Ooh. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to the Swiss Alps. That'd be really cool. Or see the Northern Lights. I don't know if you could see the Northern Lights in the Swiss Alps. I'm guessing no. Might be just an Alaska thing. I, don't I know. went to Alaska and I didn't see the Northern Lights, oh, which really? was quite a bummer. Mm. That was still a cool trip, though. It was. Anything That's else? It. That's it. That's all we got. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. Hope your holiday season went great, and we will see you next Tuesday. Happy 2024. Follow Lightning Radio on social media at Bolts Radio. And don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode of Into the Blue.